Hey, welcome to Off the Cup ABQ. Thanks for riding with me. I'm Dinah Vargas. I'm your host, and you're listening to the hottest, newest local talk radio for New Mexico. Off the Cup ABQ is the next level of talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for riding with me. Let's take it off the cup. You're listening to Conservative Talk Albuquerque, KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Hey everybody, welcome to Off the Cuff ABQ. I'm your host, Diana Vargas. You're listening to KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Thank you for being here. In the house today, we have Veronica Rael. She is Lily Garcia's mother. I have an interview with her. I'm doing interviews with her every Thursday for radio series. We address the crime issue, the bail bond reform lies, explained by Gerald Madrid, the last bail bonds men standing. If you're concerned about crime, go to mananamejor.com. That's mananamejor.com and see how you can get involved. So we're just going to dive right into the interview. All right. Hello, New Mexico. Welcome to Off the Cuffs Bail Bond Reform Series. I'm Samantha Connors, your conservative millennial. Today we present episode three with Gerald Madrid of Madrid Bail Bonds. But before we get into it, I want to do a little recap and catch everyone up on our previous episodes. Um, a little bit of history on bail bonds. During the 13th, 13th century, England devised and implemented the posting of money or property to allow for less wealthy to for the less wealthy to be released from jail pending their trial. And typically, the wealthy were able to pay their way out of detainment, but the poor were not. They were doomed to stay in jail. Bail bonds changed that night, th- that dynamic. Although courts and justice systems have evolved, bail bonds remained relatively the same. A defendant or, or offender would be arrested for a crime, and a judge would determine what bail was necessary to ensure that the defendant would return to court for trial with the collateral posted um, to bail the defendant from jail. The collateral was usually posted on the behalf of a bail, bail bondsman. Uh, in turn, a bondsman uh, takes on the burden of ensuring the defendant attends their trial date, an act that costs the taxpayer nothing. <laughs> I want to reiterate that. This is something that um, costs a taxpayer nothing for a bondsman to get their client to court. So um, it, it becomes exclusively the job of the bondsman um, if they're to receive payment for their services for bonding the defendant out of jail. At least that's how it was before 2016. So before 2016, a um, policy paper by COSCA, which is the Conference of State Court Administrators, is kind of a medical journal of court administrators. Um, Back in 2013, the paper was sort of suggestive of Robert Kennedy-style rhetoric championing the idea of what is called evidence-based pretrial release. And so with the strong-arm push of then Chief Justice Charles Daniels, New Mexico took on bail bond reform with open arms, uh, looking to achieve four objectives, according to the New Mexico Legislative Council. Um, Number one, the first objective would be bail reform will allow judges to detain dangerous defendants and would prevent them from being released on bond. Number two, the reform would allow for release of defendants that are not a flight risk or a danger to the community. Number three, the cost of detention would decrease by limiting the amount of defendants detained pretrial. 
Number four, it would maintain the innocent until proven guilty standard of the Constitution. So in 2017, when the bail bond reform uh, amendment was instated, there was very little guide to actually implement it, and the Justice Department has been sort of making it up, making it up as they go along. Also, it it's been exhausting pretrial ser services prosecutors, um, and so they have to the prosecutors have to assess and evaluate a defendant's qualifications for release, and present them to a, ju a judge in a super timely manner. Um, I believe it's within 48 hours is when uh, the average is that a um, defendant will be released. So New Mexico decided that the tool that they would use is the, the public safety assessment, and it was designed by hedge fund manager um, and philanthropist John Arnold. Um, it's just a list of criteria that determines if a defendant is a flight risk or a danger to the community. So in the state of New Mexico, we no longer use bondsmen to the extent that they were used prior to 2016. Um, but now when a judge sets a monetary bond, there are no bondsmen <laughs> to actually bond these people out. So um, that we actually, and we also don't have the advantage of, you know, using the non-taxpayer funded bounty hunters to get people to not fail to appear to court. So ultimately, that's where we sit. Um, we are, we're still riddled with crime and uh, no documented change to anything. And uh, that's where I start today with you, Gerald. Um, thank you for joining me. And let's go over those four objectives. I want to kind of talk about the realities of them. So the, the New Mexico Legislative Council um, did those four, those four main objectives in their arguments um, and presented those to the public as though that, that would save us all from crime. Um, so number one is the bail reform would allow judges to detain dangerous defendants and would prevent them from being released on bond. What are the realities of that? So back in 2015 and 2016 when the late Justice uh, Charles Daniels was going around New Mexico giving speeches on this, he said that bail reform would uh, it would allow it would not allow a dangerous person to be released they could be detained uh, it would also determine if somebody was a flight risk and detain that person as well mm -hmm. but then on the other hand it said that anybody that considered to be not dangerous or flight risk can be released right that that's how we sold the program the reality of it is that almost everyone is getting out regardless of their criminal history today mm -hmm. and you mentioned the risk assessment tool by the Arnold Foundation that of course is like the backbone of everything mm -hmm. and if you ever look at it it's just it looks like a, a chart and it lists uh, the different charges and on almost every instance it is release on recognizance mm -hmm. and and it doesn't matter again it takes no consideration uh, of the the person or the offenders uh, criminal history failure to appear history, likelihood of flight, ties to the community, even though it claims even it does. Though, yeah, even it though claims it's supposed it does, to, yeah. these are numbers that we can yeah. actually track. It, it claims we it does. We and have cases where that has been noted, right? Where we know that they've been dangerous, yeah. you know, dangerous criminals and they've been released regardless. I, I see it every single day. I take the phone calls. I, mm -hmm. I work alone. I take the calls. I look up the cases. And none of these people have bonds 
to post. They're in jail overnight without a bond, but the next day they're in front of a local judge who mm -hmm. then releases them on just a promise to appear. Mm -hmm. So again, on the front end, back in 2015 and 16, it sounded really good. It sounded to the voters like, wow, this is gonna right. really take care of it. Mm -hmm. it, it was Justice Daniels was telling people what they wanted to hear, right. knowing that that wasn't gonna be the, re well, the reality Well, playing on the, the ignorance of it too. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way towards the public, but we truly don't have an understanding of how the criminal justice system works in the country, much less our own state. So. One thing that was notable, and I remember just by being, uh, my mom was a was a paralegal my entire life. There, there was an automatic denial of bail on capital cases. There was, if you were if you were charged with a violent felony, you didn't get bonded out. It was automatic. You were you get to sit in jail till trial because you were you know convicted of homicide or you know murder the like so how can we <laughs> he, he he went around and sold these ideas knowing that that was already a thing with judges if you were you know being if you were a defendant for a dangerous or very heinous crime you weren't released and there was no bond set and if there was a bond set it was an incredibly high bond am i correct yeah so this whole case got started, I mentioned before, in one of the other series mm -hmm. with the case of Walter Brown versus the state of New Mexico, yes. where back in 2011, Walter Brown was accused of a, of a murder. Mm -hmm. uh, his bond got set at $250,000 at his arraignment after he was indicted. And it stayed there for the next almost two and a half years. Let's explain so, indictment, if so, you would... And so an indictment is when some when a person's case is brought before a grand jury mm -hmm. and the DA's office presents the case to the grand jurors and at the end of the presentation the jurors grand jurors vote to uh, th they vote to say yes there is enough here to, to proceed with this case and take it to trial and so there there's a showing of hands and they 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 vote to indict the, end, the defendant means he's formally charged now. Right, and, and they, the next they step then, then can go arrest him and detain him. If he's not in custody. If he's not already, if he's not already mm -hmm. in custody. So Got back it. before 2017, mm -hmm. many offenders, when they're arrested uh, and go before a judge in serious crimes, and not even that serious crime, will get a bond. And back then, the judge was the risk assessment tool. Right. We didn't have the Arnold Foundation. Mm -hmm. The judge would hear a background report from pretrial services on the offender's history. And based on that information, the judge made his his ruling, and that's mm -hmm. what it should be. But right now, the judges have been replaced, uh, where we al we almost think, well, we don't need a judge because this is we already know in advance what it's going to be. It's going to be a release on recognizance. Mm -hmm. Don't need the judge. Okay. Every if the person at the if they're a misdemeanor, they don't plead guilty, and, and get out, and uh, then they're released O.R. because they pled not guilty. Yeah. And again, as, as I've said a hundred times. It doesn't matter what their criminal history is. It doesn't matter the number of failures to appear. I've sat in on these arraignments, mm -hmm. listened to the pretrial services report to the judge, and these guys are career criminals. Yeah. Some of them have never, they have no ties to New Mexico, mm -hmm. and they're here on felony charges, and they're out the next day. Yes. The, the background report, the, the assessment tool, says release on recognizance, mm -hmm. recognizance, and the judges almost across the board go with it and release him on recognizance. Right. So back to um, the state versus Brown. He was held on a $250,000 bond. Um, 
and what happened after that. So he, he ended up staying so in he, jail he, or he, detained, he, right? He remained in custody mm -hmm. uh, for, again, it was very close to two and a half years, maybe about two years and three months, something like that. Mm -hmm. He was in custody here in, at the county jail in Bernalillo County. And when Justice Daniels went out and spoke about this case, he blamed it on the bondsman for, for Walter Brown being in jail, that the bondsmen are leaving the poor people in jail. First of all, the bondsmen don't set bonds, the judges do, mm -hmm. based on the crime, based on the history, based on the likelihood of flight. I don't set bonds. That's the judge's responsibility. Yes. So I blame it on his public defender not ever getting the case to trial or not being able to conduct, come up with conditions of release or a reduced bond to convince the court that the client can get out and still be back because he's on a secured bond. Mm -hmm. But blaming the bondsman for Walter Brown is you know how this thing got started. Yes. But it sounds good. We gotta blame the bondsman. Mm -hmm. The, these are government policies, and then the private sector gets blamed when the government fails in its duties. The, the private sector gets blamed. I still don't get how that works. Mm -hmm. But he, the fault was with his attorney. Status quo. They, they should have put it together, come up with a package mm -hmm. that can ensure his appearance in court. Right. It's not the bondsman's fault that he remained in jail for two so and a half years. You have nothing to do with that. I'm on, the, I'm on the end of the food chain here. <laughs> I'm not on the beginning. Right. And... I was never approached about posting a bond. I was going to say, you have Trump. to be contacted. Never approached. Somebody. I've done bonds bigger than that, than and 250. I feel like that's, that case is so much, there's, it's so much more complex to even present. But again, playing on, you know, the, the ignorance of the public, they, they don't understand. I mean, this person was mentally ill, and there are so many little avenues to this case that were not presented. But, it, but in order to make a case, in order to play on heartstrings of the public, we have to make it known that this person sat because he couldn't pay his bond to get out. Well, again, he, he's labeled as poor or indigent, mm -hmm. and therefore the bondsmen get the blame on it. I didn't set the bond. The judge right. did it. Correct. Correct. His, so his, in, with number two, that brings us to no, the number two uh, on, the, <laughs> on the legislative um, council's list is the use of, of a tool, right? The, um, the, the Arnold tool, right? So this is a, a checklist essentially um of and you and i had spoke previously about the a, a sort of having having some sort of checklist and yet yeah, yeah we need to appease to um to find out about how people can be indigent or, or poor to not have to sit in jail um and that was something that that was presented when you were on the bail bonds association association and on the ad hoc committee correct right so when you were you were the spokesperson for the the bondsman, they kind of you know appeased you in a sense where okay well this is what we're gonna do we're gonna have this this defendant come in and they're gonna tell us oh we're, I'm too poor I can't afford that, but you your complaint was that how do you prove that, right? That's I mean correct. how do you prove that you're that you're unable to pay or how do you prove that you're some uh, a social socioeconomic status um in order to be able to ROR which is release on recognizance correct so one of the first things that the Arnold assessment tool looks for is the person indigent mm -hmm. so the way the system is now it it there's a benefit for the defendant to declare himself indigent because that way he qualifies for the release on recognizance and he qualifies for a, a, a public defender, mm -hmm. which the taxpayers pay for. Yes. And so those first two things are taken care of just by claiming indigency. Mm -hmm. Again, the backers of bail reform love to say that it's, it's evidence-based. Well, where's the evidence? Mm -hmm. 
when the Arnold tool was brought here, there was no evidence of anything other than that it's being used in New Jersey and we want to use this to get rid of the bondsman. But there's nothing evidence-based. And so now, again, somebody says that they're, they're indigent and, and the court takes it wholeheartedly. Oh, this guy's poor. We got to give him a free bond and a free lawyer that the rest of us get to pay for. And, but there's no proof of anything. Well, there's nothing subjective about there's it. There's nothing. Right. There's no way to do a credit check on somebody or to do an asset check while somebody's sitting in the courtroom ready to be arraigned mm -hmm. on felony charges. There's no way to do that. The public defender fills out a, a sheet of paper, maybe five or six questions on it, and the defendant just answers, you know, whatever he answers. Do you own any property? No. Uh, do you own a car? No. Do you have a job? No. Uh, do you have a source of income? No. Well, this guy's obviously indigent. We got to get him a free lawyer and a free bond. Right. He can't, he can't afford anything. And so the whole thing has been based on the poor people are in jail. So we're going to blame the bondsmen because they're not bonding the poor people out. Mm -hmm. Well, and they're not, this isn't something that is new no, to, no. to this <laughs> idea of the, the poor people. System. You know, Samantha, there was poor people in Jesus's day and there's still poor people here. The, uh, the uh, Arnold tool is not going to solve the poor people issue mm -hmm. or that problem. It's not going to solve it. Sorry. No. <laughs> so I, I, so the tool focuses more on past crime and never, or, or lack thereof. And like you said, uh, it, you know, covers uh, whether or not they can pay a bond or um, their monetary status. But it also, I don't know, it, what, it, what bothers me the most about it is I know that there's, you're innocent until proven guilty. I understand that. But I still think about the victims of the crime that, you know, uh, that they're accusing the defendant of. So when you're doing this assessment, you're not thinking about them in any way, shape, or form because they didn't make the list. They're not on the list of criteria <laughs> in the Arnold tool. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's really frustrating. So there are, we have, we talked about some of the cases, the main cases, I mean, huge cases in New Mexico where, where this completely failed. And one of them is that Jackson Weller, the UNM baseball player, we talked about him in prior episodes with uh, Darian um, Bashir, and he was released after murdering Jackson by Judge Brown. Right. How on earth does that even happen, especially having a shooting, uh, shooting someone in, or being accused of shooting someone in, in the same fashion? So does that, does that document never make it to Judge Brown after this Jackson case? Well, and the, my biggest, one of my biggest uh, criticisms that many of the judges say, quote, our hands are tied, and that's not true. Their hands are not tied because there are judges in other counties around New Mexico that are setting secured bonds on things less serious than uh, shooting somebody with a gun. They're setting secured bonds, and it's in the rules of criminal procedure that a judge can set a secured bond. But the judges here refuse to set a secured bond. Mm -hmm. The preferred method of release in Bernalillo County, especially, is release on recognizance. And it has, and, and the, the offender's criminal history, failure to appear history, has nothing to do with it. I see these cases every day. Mm -hmm. I got a call on Friday from a woman that said, I have a brother in law that got arrested on a DWI. And I said, Well, for today, which is Friday, I said he's being held without bond on DWI, reckless driving, leaving the scene, and all that kind of stuff. I said, he's going to go to court Saturday, and he'll see the judge. So on Saturday, she called me, and she said, okay, what happened in court? I said, well, as, you, as I guessed it and predicted, 
the judge released him ROR. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, that's ridiculous because in 2019, he did the same thing in Colorado when he fled the state. Then last year, he somehow ended up in Roswell, New Mexico, got arrested again for a DWI. The judge released him OR. And now he's in Albuquerque, Bernardo County, did it again. And in every time he was released OR, own recognizance. And finally, Samantha, he's in the country illegally and still qualified for a release on recognizance. And you tell me he's not a flight risk or a danger to the community and he still qualifies. So it proves my point that the Arnold tool, the risk assessment is a failure and it has nothing to do with how things really work because it, it's always a release on recognizance. And no I matter, see this, no nobody knows this more than I do because I do it every day, seven days a week. I get the phone calls. Mm -hmm. Nobody else can say that but me. Yeah. I get the phone calls. I answer my phone at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I take these calls, and I check this stuff out. I know exactly what happens, and, and it doesn't work. It's truly astounding. And it has nothing to do with the poor people, the way they, they try to convince everybody, oh, it's all about the poor people. It has nothing to do with the poor people. That's, but as you said, they're pulling on the heartstrings of the voters and the taxpayers. We've got to take care of the poor people. Poor victims. Victims <laughs> are never mentioned. That's what I think. We're going to take a quick break, um, and we'll be back shortly. Golden Equipment Company, finding innovative solutions. We are a full-service heavy equipment Volvo dealer offering sales, parts, service, and rental. Locally owned for over 35 years, we're proud to be a part of your community. Our dedicated and certified crew will help keep you productive and efficient. Come see us at any of our three locations, Albuquerque, Farmington, and Durango, Colorado. Check us out on social media or visit our website, goldenequipment.com. We look forward to helping you with your next project. Every time I turn around, I'm getting broken into, and the cops don't even come anymore. What do we pay taxes for? Then I found out that the city has more officers investigating other officers than they do investigating crime. How does that make us safer? If you want more officers focused on fighting crime, tell city leaders by texting hashtag crime matters more to 52886. That's 52886 because crime matters more. Hey everybody, welcome to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's Thursday, we're back in the house with Veronica Rael. Hi, good afternoon, you just how had a are birthday. you? I did, thank yes. you very much. Happy birthday, thank happy you, birthday. Thank you. I hope you were able to celebrate and have a good time. I, I did. My family um, threw a surprise party. I spent the weekend with my son and How my fun. and my husband. It was great. How fun! Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been uh, you made the commitment. I made the commitment. We're on the air talking about the bail bond reform. Have you seen how many dead bodies are falling from yeah. the sky in Albuquerque? Yeah. Good God! Even within the last couple of days. Yeah. Even in the last couple yeah. of days. Last week there was just a murder right up the road at this motel off mm -hmm. the freeway, and it was astounding. Yeah. You know, it's like I was coming to work, getting off the freeway, and you see the crime lab, and then you see mm -hmm. the tape, and I was like... We I went, the weekend for my birthday, we actually went to go watch a movie at the Icon off of Tramway and Central, mm -hmm. and we're getting off, off of Tramway from I-40, and they had the police um, tape the crime scene, and so I guess there was a man that was found there murdered. Yeah, fell from so, the sky, mm -hmm. just like that. Mm -hmm. No witnesses, just... Just yeah. dead on arrival or yeah. something like this. 
it's unbelievable but like literally on the streets of albuquerque like what happened at albuquerque yeah i don't know i mean it's crazy i mean i don't know why nobody feels that they need to do something about it Mm -hmm. um i mean even just looking at the news you see so many articles that you know this person was on pre-trial release or you know and and they're you know offending again offending again so you know that this is an interesting thing as we uh, relate to the 2016 bail bond reform because as we said before just to catch up some listeners uh there's a revolving door that criminals are basically taking advantage of specifically in albuquerque because it's one of the most violent cities in all of new mexico but that this reform measure was passed it went to voters 2016 it made a ton of sense it said hey if you're jaywalking and you're homeless or a bum or poor or whatever and your bail is only 100 bucks, 10% to get out is $10 and some of these people didn't even have the 10 bucks. Right. You agree with yeah. those people getting yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it was for a nonviolent um, offense, we don't right. want to keep people in jail, um, you know, using tax paper, ta- excuse me, taxpayers' money. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if they can't afford to get out. And then everybody agreed with that because if you're reasonable, you do. So it went to right. voters and it was close to 90%. It was, mm-hmm. it was in the high 80s that mm-hmm. voters approved it. So it was public sentiment. Yes. That, of course, we're not going to keep people behind bars for these... Nonviolent crimes. Nonviolent crimes. Mm-hmm. And nonviolent meaning misdemeanor. Nonviolent meaning you were stealing something at the gas station. Right. Tickets or whatever the yeah. case may be. Forgot to neuter my dog because you can actually right. get a warrant for that, by the way. Crazy, See, that's right? crazy. Crazy out in Albuquerque. New to your dogs. Just kidding. <laughs> and and then so voters passed this and then fast forward to 2021 and look what's going on. It's just insane. It hasn't gotten any better. Each year the homicide rate has gone up. Right. We, Each year. We will likely outbest this mm-hmm. year in 2021 for Albuquerque for dead bodies across the city. And the and the murder count is even off because now it's like what's a homicide? Right. Or yeah. depending on who found the dead people. For instance, uh, state police found two dead bodies like dangling from the freeway. They were both shot in the car. It's kind of a strange scene. Right. But because they found it, it, it doesn't get recorded with the city or it's it's like these technicalities. So there's a lot of murders in Albuquerque. Wow. We don't need the exact count. They're falling from the sky. But also 2015... Now, just backtracking just a little bit, 2015, because I've been doing my homework after our conversations and stuff, and it was the most violent year. And it was the year that Lily Garcia uh, was killed during a road rage incident by a repeat offender. Yes. So when they went out to change this legislation a year later, 2016 bail bond reform, they approached you, not they. Judge Daniels approached you right. and said, "What?" So that they wanted to do a bail reform, get bail amend, or get the bail bonds out of the picture um, when an offender goes up in front. If they're nonviolent or they cannot afford a bail, mm-hmm. they wouldn't stay in jail. They would just, you know, go back right. to court. Um, but they would keep the most violent in jail. Right. It made sense. So we pushed, pushed for it. Right. You know, there was a lot of families that year that had a lot of. Uh, public um murders i guess like high profile high profile thank you type of cases yeah and so you know we pushed for it because it at that time it made complete sense well once that was was um approved then chief uh, daniels with the supreme court um 
went and introduced the Arnold tool. Mm-hmm. The Arnold tool is when the judge has um, pretty much like a like a test in front right. of them, and you know you get scored for whatever, and that depends on if you're going to be released on pretrial releases or if you're going to be detained. It also puts a, a big a bigger responsibility for the so, DA. It also puts a, a huge um, responsibility on the DA just for pretrial, not even for the arraignment or the actual right. trial. They have to prove that this person is either a flight risk or, you know, a danger to the community. And a majority of those individuals are being left at, let let out. This is why DA Torres has been going to the Supreme Court and asking for clarification of what the Arnold tool and its right. its language imposes because this Arnold tool is the way I understand it correct me if I'm wrong it's a a, um, a safety assessment tool or something like this and it's it's itemized and it's con- like kind of picture like something like a check mark right. kind of list exactly yes. it's probably more entailed than that mm-hmm. but basically it's it's this standardized evaluation assessment and you literally have to go to court to get somebody to be detained right and so in new mexico it would appear that in bernalillo county that you're either ror which means release yeah release on your own recognizance right meaning you're going to give us your Mm -hmm. word you're good for it Mm -hmm. they don't ever take into consideration according to the assessment test because questions not on Mm -hmm. there bill reen went this last legislation to change that amendment and to um he wanted to look at the past criminal history and the past history of appearancing uh, of their appearance in court Mm -hmm. i mean because if you know joe blow didn't go to court the last three times why is he going to go now right flight risk yeah exactly i mean they've already demonstrated to the court i mean this is hence the warrant right (laughs) you know for failure to appear yeah not one not twice not three times but several times and then so it's it's ROR meaning you know give us your word and and you're good. They don't take into consideration past violence uh, or flight risk mm-hmm. meaning fa- failure to appear. That's right. a flight risk. That's right. somebody who is likely not to show up back in court. Or you get a hold, and mm-hmm. to get a hold, it got to be a high profile kind of case right. where right um, where there might be public yes. outcry. Absolutely, and so in in. In the killing of my daughter, um, if it wasn't so public, Tony Torres would have been out. Right. He would have he would have been out on the streets, and we all know that he was caught the next day. You know, he was getting ready to leave. Um, you know, with sixty four thousand dollars in cash, he had drugs, he had you know guns, he had all this ammunition. He wasn't going to go he was turn himself. Bail. Yeah, he was going to go turn himself in. Um, if we can backtrack a little bit um, with the with the bail bonds at the time that we lost our daughter. You know, I thought bell bonds were bad people. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are, you know, giving these, you know, who, criminals. Who told you they were bad? I, I just thought it was. Okay. Um, I, nobody ever really told me that they were bad. Once this bell amendment came up and once all of this kind of came all together, I realized that when somebody puts a bail and they don't show up for court, that bail company is going to have somebody going and looking for that person. Well, a now, tracker. A tracker. There you go. Right now, as it stands, if somebody doesn't show up for court, nobody's looking for them because we're already low on cops as it is. Right. The only possible way that they would get caught or be sent back to um, court is if they get pulled over by a vehicle. I mean, pulled over by a cop or offend again and kill again. And there's multiple. You can go on the Internet 
and per right how now. many articles, right. you know, right. I, even this week I was looking at it. Um, one of the most recent ones that, you know, kind of hurt was the two mothers that were driving drunk. Yes. And killed two of their kids. Mm-hmm. They let the, the driver out. No, not the driver, the, the passenger. passenger out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why would you do that? They killed their kids. Right. They they decided to drive drunk. They were partying. Instead of staying at home, they wanted to go drive. Right. And did what? 80 miles an hour into that into that concrete barrier? Right. Airborne. Mm-hmm. Airborne. Yeah. And, and child unbuckled. And though they lost one apiece, I, I, right. I, I believe, according mm-hmm. to just what I read on the social media, because some of the family members have been responding to some of the articles, is that the other child... Uh, appears to still be in the hospital in in very see that's not so good condition and so i mean what's going to be the outcome what's going to be the life for that child and then with the mom Mm -hmm. now yeah possibly going to go to prison who's going to take care of the child you know it's it's another grandparent raising Mm -hmm. a child because of this it's a ripple effect whatever you know this whole bell amendment this whole pre-trial this whole article has such a ripple effect right. in this community. It opened the door to a wave of crime yes. as though it welcomed mm-hmm. it in. There was another one that I saw of, um, I don't know if you remember that Adrian Nieto, he was a teen. He had pulled out a gun um, at Lava Land, mm-hmm. something like that. They let him out on pretrial services one day and the next day he was out. Right. He was gone. Right. The FBI couldn't find him for federal charges. I believe he's now, I believe they finally got him. But I mean, this kid has a huge list of charges, you know, has been in jail before, you know, is a, is a repeat offender mm-hmm. and they still let him out on yes. pretrial services. Right. You know? So, I mean, it, it's, I don't know what's, what it's going to take for change to happen mm-hmm. because something has to happen. Something has to happen. Mm-hmm. I think right now we're at probably 50 and again, you know, you're right. We probably don't even have the right count on right. homicides. But 15, we're what, June, almost July? Yes. You know, it's crazy. It is crazy. And so, you know, you hear of these people running for office and stuff, and they put crime, homelessness, all or, or these mm-hmm. different topics on their platform. I'm going to reduce crime. I'm going to reduce crime. Mm-hmm. But yet fail to identify the clear pathway to what it was because right. of all of this restorative justice. Right. And so even if you believe in restorative justice, this isn't it. And this is what they mean by right. restorative justice is that they're letting these violent repeat offenders out um, because they believe that they deserve uh, to be proven innocent or they're innocent until proven guilty and then quote the law and all of this stuff and never, never, never have in mind the victims. But the reality is that you're, you're innocent until proven guilty at trial, mm-hmm. at trial, right? Not at, at trial, not at pretrial, right? There's not, there's not a, a jury or anything that the DA should not have to have that burden at that time mm-hmm. to, you know, to do all of this. That's right. what, again, that's what the trial is for. Like you said, yeah, you know, and it's, it's just mind blowing. I mean, We've tried, excuse me, not myself, but I know some representatives have tried to go to legislation mm-hmm. and get them amend, amended and, you know, make these changes and it's still falling on deaf ears. Right. Six years later, we're Six still, later. we're still in the same spot, worse than what we were, you know, and, and I don't know why leaders aren't wanting change. Absolutely. And then, you know, beyond that, it's like, those were some of 
that was some of the rhetoric that they were saying it was, it was for because of poor people. Only poor people can afford bonds. Right. No, poor people can afford to pay the entire amount and get out and get the whole refund. Mm-hmm. And bondsmen contributed largely to the criminality and the appearance of court mm-hmm. because of the money component. Sometimes family members would be signing, you right. know, collateral uh, or whatever to property, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know, big kind of money and stuff. And how would you feel if they like went after your, you, you know, your grandmother's land or something? Right. So there was that. And then there was, um, the cost associated with, with taxpayers. So they said if, if there's 300 beds here, uh, in the jail, it could hold 300 people. The less people they have, because there's a dollar amount, the dollar amount isn't so much on the, um, the resident or the offender or the person in jail as much as it, it is the bed. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really save any money by saying, well, if we have half the people in jail, we can save a bunch of money. That obviously right. didn't happen. Yeah. And then that violent repeat offenders would be, would remain behind bars and the public would never, ever be put mm-hmm. in jeopardy and all to be lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the rhetoric now is that that we see an increase of, of, of criminality, of murders, of violence because of the pandemic. And I agree that maybe some people kind of lost it a little bit for the pandemic, but this is really the tip of the iceberg right. that we're seeing. Pandemic just agitated right. it. It just exactly. agitated it. Well, and there's no consequence. I mm-hmm. mean, we've talked about this before. You're If you get in trouble, there's nobody to tell you, you know, that you did wrong. Right. You know, it's just kind of a slap on the wrist. Right. One of the things that they used to tell us up in legislation is like, we need to have preventative, you know, but there's not any sort of preventative uh, measures for the mental illness or for the addicts or mm-hmm. anything like that. Right. You know, so so what are we going to do? You right. guys, you know, want something, but you guys haven't done anything. And this goes for both, you know, like Republican, Democrat, you know, all of that. We need to cut that out and figure out what we're going to make, how we're going to make our community safer. Absolutely. And and that's it at the end of the day, that there's this obligation that people who represent you, they, they, they serve as representatives, meaning they're going to go and get their constituents, their their input, and he's going to go with, with that to go make this legislation. So if everybody is screaming, hey, look, crime is out of control, close the loophole, Right. Of, of, of this bail reform, of this Arnold tool, of this restorative justice that takes into consideration nothing, mm-hmm. zero, nothing. There's no consideration whatsoever of the victim. Right. Yeah. No, no, nobody asks us how we feel. Right. Nobody asks, you know, how we're doing. And, right. You know, again, I, I don't get my Lily back after the 20 years mm-hmm. that he serves. Other mothers don't get their babies back. You know, we have a life sentence. We're the ones that have to learn a new I say a new normal Mm -hmm. you know there's a huge gap in our hearts you know and we still try to wrap our head around you know what happened why was my child taken you know why was this guy out Mm -hmm. you know why was he out he shouldn't have been out he should have been behind bars yep and so you know when when people talk about the criminal justice system uh it's 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 for the criminals yeah oh wholeheartedly Criminal justice system, just like the Mm -hmm. sign reads, criminal justice, justice for the criminal. Mm -hmm. That's what, what the, what all of that is there for Mm -hmm. is to provide justice for the criminal because victims aren't mentioned. Maybe if we had a victim's justice system, 
maybe things would be a little maybe bit different. things would be a little different but bail bonds across uh bail bondsmen across the entire state out of business mm -hmm. they provided jobs and they had a huge impact in the type of people that they would give bonds to mm -hmm. if they were unbondable because some people were unbondable right. they're like no way yeah not gonna take I that risk. fool me once yeah. fool me once like right this. exactly but you know again there's that there's that factor that you know if if that criminal didn't show up to to court somebody's actively looking for them mm -hmm. and bringing them back right right now nobody's actively looking for you know whoever's jumped jumped court or even if you violated your pre-trial with the ankle monitor mm -hmm. there's there's no one on the other no. side no, there's no one there to monitor the monitor mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah. crazy it's it's just mind-blowing that's why i just don't understand where you know again our leaders aren't you know doing what they need to do to you know get more police officers um get you know tougher on crime mm -hmm. um tougher on the laws the sentencing yes you know it, right. it's it's just mind-blowing to me right and and instead there was um uh every single crime bill that went through 2021 failed failed uh-huh uh, in fact there was legislation to lessen people sentencing and mm -hmm. uh, what you call minimum and maximums, meaning if you commit a particular crime, uh, the judge doesn't even have in his power to sentence you lesser right. than the minimum. Like if the minimum's 10, minimum's 10, maximum a thousand years, whatever. Mm -hmm. The judge still has the authority because the criminal code, the rules, the regulations, they say that a judge can impose bail mm -hmm. and they won't impose bail. It's right. literally ROR, mm -hmm. meaning give us your word and get out of jail free card or, or hold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can use their discretion. Mm -hmm. When they have that Arnold Toe in front of them, when they have a, an offender in front of them, the judges can use their discretion. I, I don't know if it's a political thing. I don't know if it's, you know, judges, you know, I don't know. Right. But they can use their discretion um, when they, when they have a, have a offender in front of them. Right. And you also belong to a group called robbed R O B D. Mm -hmm. And that serves, uh, families that have lost their lives because of repeat offenders, sanctuary city sort of offenses when they're here illegally right. and protected under sanctuary cities and, re uh, catch and release all of these things. They sound like individual issues, catch and release, revolving door, repeat offender repeat violent offender pre-trial arnold tool arnold tool but the reality is all of those are simply mm -hmm. symptoms yes of the 2016 mm -hmm. bail bond reform mm -hmm. we'll call it a lie right yeah i mean it pretty pretty much was i mean they again you know with you Rob, were misled i was misled completely completely Completely. I mean, if I knew what this was going to happen, if I knew that the Arnold tool was going to be introduced, I wouldn't have pushed for it. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't have pushed for it. I'm sorry, you were saying about the uh, the group? Well, with with Robbed, um, you know, it was a lot of high profile cases. So, I mean, all of these families came together. And so we felt that we needed to make that change um, here in the community. And when we tried to do that, we were pretty much duped, mm -hmm. you know, to believing one way. And again, you know, it, it turned out completely different. The fine print type of thing. Yeah. On page 99. Right. It yeah. said over there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and it's sad because, how, I mean, how many lives could have been saved? Tons. Because story after story is literally mm -hmm. repeat offender mm -hmm. or just got out of jail Monday 
and over the weekend mm-hmm. killed somebody. And yeah. I mean, this isn't like another shoplifting charge. It's right. like, no, these are serious offenses, serious and offenses, it, you know, and, and with legislation, I mean, you have people in there for 20, 30 years, you know, maybe it's time for them to go and get new people in and, you know, because obviously the 20, 30 year terms, you know, you're not changing anything, right. nothing's being done. Six years later from when we, you know, lost my Lily, nothing's changed. It's only gotten worse. It's only, only gotten, gotten worse. worse. So, so that's kind of the thing, you know, it's like, fine, you get elected, you go out first couple of years, you're the rookie, but there's no rookie mistakes because you were knocking on doors, you were sending out flyers and you know, you made some promises Right. and you put crime at the top of your list on your platform and here we are later. Mm-hmm case after case yeah. after case and this isn't even diving into the issues we got with the child youth and family oh. services there's a ton of other things that right. are happening right it's not the failing education this is another right. thing on top of right of of dead last status yeah. and there's no reason why we should no. be dead last no not at all i mean again i these these leaders need to wake up mm-hmm. if they're not going to do the job that they were hired for the not not do the job that they were elected for then it's time to go Right. You know, they took an oath to. Yeah. To uphold. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have people from like um, um, Elias out of, you know, Cibola County or McKinley County. He's been there forever. Mm -hmm. We we've gone up to him and asked him for help and nothing. You have um, Mo Maestas. Mm -hmm. Mo Maestas has been in West Side. Yeah, he's been he's been in, in legislation for a long time when we've gone to go ask him for help. He's like, no, you know, he's, I believe, I don't know if he was a defense attorney or, or what exactly, but, you know, he wanted to, I believe he brought up legislation to uh, minimize the second degree murder sentencing from 15 years to like 10 or something. Right. And same with the, with capital, right. And, mm-hmm. and again, when New Mexico abolished the death penalty, the death penalty mm-hmm. part of the agreement, part of the arrangement was that it would a conviction would then mean 30 years right period mm-hmm. no good time yeah no but that buy, you know no buy one get one free mm-hmm. 50 cents on the dollar for food stamps right. nothing like this it was it was 30 years yeah and i even see them wanting to shorten that yeah like are you guys kidding me they decide to take a life i mean i know each case is different um there's different situations but not if after the first, second, third, right. you know, and, and that's one thing that I would love to do is currently um, amend the three strikes. The three strikes. You know, right now the three strikes as it sits, it's only first and second degree murder. Mm-hmm. Um, first degree murder is always hard to convict, but we want to add more. We want to add like shooting at from a motor vehicle. Right. Shooting at or from a dwelling, mm-hmm. you know. Um, In the ass- air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, assault on a police officer, mm-hmm. you know assault um on a household member i believe is another one right you know these are things that you know if if you get convicted for one crime you do a second crime um get convicted for that i think by the third time you probably won't learn your lesson right you know then it's time for you to go away you know speak up ask the representatives i'm going to continue to go to legislation i'm going to continue to push for the um three strike um, i'm going to support you know bill ream and i'm still going to support da torres and and uh see what we can do so obviously it has nothing to do with political affiliation nothing, nothing you know? at all i mean the two you mentioned in a democrat yeah mm-hmm. so it's about crime it's about keeping the public safe and then mm-hmm. serving uh the people of this great state of new mexico so I appreciate you coming on the Thank show you. again. You'll be here next week. Next week. And any last words? 
just again, you know, keep vigilant, you know, keep your eyes open, please stay safe. Um, and you know, ask questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. So get involved 2016 bail bond reform. That's where, that's where we're pointing the fingers at. That's where it all went wrong. And we're kind of seeing that explosion here in Albuquerque. So get involved, do your part, make positive change. You're listening to off the cuff, abq.com. We have a new advertiser, Albuquerque guns. It's a local woman, only veteran shop owned in New Mexico mention off the cuff get a five percent discount off all accessories if you're going to exercise your right to bear arms get the training they do that there at abq guns don't be a victim you're listening off the cuff abq go to our website off the cuff we'll see you back in a minute ABQ Guns is the only women veteran-owned firearm store and has the largest blue label store in New Mexico offering special pricing for first responders and military. ABQ Guns carries Sig Sauer, Glock, CZUSA, FNUSA, and Smith & Wesson with non-inflated pricing. Visit us at abqguns.com. ABQ Guns has the best customer service in New Mexico. Mention Off the Cuff and receive a 5% discount on all accessory items. Visit us at abqguns.com. One hour is all it takes to save a baby's life. Abortion Free New Mexico would like to invite you to join us on Friday, July 2nd for Faith to Action Friday. Now more than ever, we need to pray collectively, publicly, and strategically. Our presence outside the UNM Center for Reproductive Health Abortion Clinic will save babies' lives and change people's minds. Join us at 10 a.m. Friday, July 2nd at 2301 Yale Boulevard. If you want to help us end abortion in New Mexico, visit abortionfreeunm.com today. That's abortionfreeunm.com. This is Gerald A. Loeb speaking. I have a new book out. This book is called Mayhem Manor. It appeared on April 15th on Kindle and is now available on Amazon as a paperback. In this book, you will find feckless bureaucrats, unlikely heroes, and stories from the Duke City. If you want to see this book or buy it, you can buy it on Amazon.com. In addition, I have seven other books, three other novels, three books of political satire, and a book of short stories. Order today at Amazon under Gerald A. Loeb. And welcome back. If you are just joining us, I am Samantha Connors here with Mr. Gerald Madrid of Madrid Bail Bonds, the last man standing for the bail bond industry in the state of New Mexico. We are discussing the realities of bail bond reform, uh, the amendment that took place in 2016 and implemented in 2017. So let's go ahead and jump right back into it. I want to, we were talking about um, the tool, the Arnold tool that's used and how faulty and incredibly (laughs) incompetent it is. Uh, Do you remember the Taos compound? I do. I just read, I reread about this case and how the four people that were accused of holding these children and killing one essentially they found the remains of a four four-year-old boy i believe um and those suspects were released sure uh, what <laughs> based on the arnold tool and bail reform they were released i watched a video on it last night did you really? it's interesting you bring that up yeah yeah because the judge there you know got a lot of heat over that mm-hmm. it's a district court judge in taos for releasing them or i remember and uh you know these people don't have any ties here i don't even know right. that they're american citizens and they're released, and so the criticism that the, that uh, uh, Leo Romero, he was the uh, he was the head of the ad hoc committee that he was interviewed after this case, and mm-hmm. he said, "Well, 
uh, it's best that they were released OR because if the judge would have set a bond, then they, in theory, could have just stepped in and paid that bond and they would have fled the country. Well, letting them go with no strings attached is more secure than having something on them. <sighs> and so that, that was the justification. And yeah, then again, they started talking about the poor people mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that, those kind of things. So interesting and gross, really. So their, their third um, objective was the cost would decrease by limiting pretrial detention. So the cost for um, correctives, you know, the corrective yeah. department. From my research, not a thing in the budget has changed. Well, and it can't. I've looked into this before. Mm -hmm. The operating costs for the county jail are the same. It costs the same to heat and cool the county jail to insure it, and to all the things that they need cost the same no matter who's in the jail and who's not. Mm -hmm. So to think that the, the operating costs of the jail are going to go way down because the jail is at half population, not correct. Mm -hmm. doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. So that was interesting to me, too, that that, that, would, that would make some sort of difference. And, of course, another sale point for to present to taxpayers, right? We're going to save you so much money. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. But in all reality, you don't ever really get money back. There, the there's government. fixed operating costs in anything. Mm -hmm. For example, it, it's your home, whether you have a part, an apartment or, or, or a mortgage. Mm -hmm. If you have three people living there or one person, it, can, it costs the same to run your home. Your mortgage payment's the same. Your utilities are basically the same. Uh, you know, it's the same. It doesn't just suddenly go down. What a sales pitch. And it works. <laughs> it sounds so good. It worked. <laughs> Number four is, of course, protects the right of the accused and you're innocent until proven guilty, which I can get on board with. I'm all about that, except for the part where nobody mentions the victim or the rights of the victim. And that includes, for me, property crime, because that, that seems to be such a trend um, in, in the U.S. the past four years, five years now. Um, that if somebody destroys your property, you, if you have insurance, it's fine. And that's how the public views you. Right. Right. Even though it's literal blood, sweat and tears that goes into things that you own and to say you have ownership of something. I don't care if you have insurance. It wasn't yours to destroy or take. And me personally, I would, if I am certain that this person is the one who destroyed or stole my property, I want I don't want them on the street because I don't want anybody else to have to go through this. And then you run the risks of, I mean, insurance is a whole nother subject, but you run the risk of your insurance going up because of this. And, and we already have insurance issues in the state of New Mexico for these reasons. Ours are so much higher than other states. Um, back to this idea of innocent till proven mm -hmm. guilty, you know, that, and I've talked to lawyers about this before. And that concept begins when the trial begins, that the, the offender or the defendant is presumed innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. That's when it starts. But what they do is they lump it in with him being in jail. Uh, there was a famous quote by, by, I think his name was Stephen McVeigh, the one that, that bombed the federal building in Oklahoma mm -hmm. many years ago. Yeah. Do you remember that incident? Uh, Timothy. Timothy McVeigh. I mm -hmm. said, yeah, it's not Stephen. Timothy McVeigh. He, I, there was a quote in there that he said, well, if I'm innocent until proven uh, guilty, then why am I in jail? Yeah. Why am I in jail if I'm innocent? You know, the presumption of innocence is still there. Uh, and that, again, that's preserved through the trial, and that's what it's for. Mm -hmm. But the presumption of innocence and getting the guy to, to show up in trial uh, because he's on a secured bond versus just being out there on nothing but his promise to show up, that those are not the same thing. Right. And so if when the trial is ready to commence and the offender doesn't show, everybody's looking at them, each other and saying, well, where is he? Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's not on bond. 
He doesn't show. The jury's impaneled, the judge is there, the attorneys are there, mm -hmm. the victims are there, and the offender doesn't show. Everyone's looking at themselves and shrugging their shoulders. Everyone's just saying, I don't know where he's at. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the ad hoc committee that was um, it functioning prior to this amendment. Um, tell me about the functions of that committee and then how they, what it is now. There isn't one. Back I'm in, assuming. back, I believe it was in 2016 mm -hmm. or 70, I don't remember the exact year, uh, retired Justice Charles Daniels put together what he called the Supreme Court Ad Hoc Committee. Mm -hmm. The purpose of the committee was to look at all the rules of criminal procedure, especially dealing those dealing with bail, because you know there's he you know he had this push for bail reform right. going through New Mexico. The the voters had just amended or agreed to amend our state constitution, mm -hmm. and now he wanted to have the rules changed that will allow the rules and the amendment change to go hand in glove. Mm -hmm. So they all aligned up. So he he formed this committee. And it was made up of judges uh, from around the state, someone from the DA's office, someone from the public defender. Judges only. Attorneys? Uh, there were attorneys, yeah. Okay. Now, in magistrate court in uh, areas outside of Albuquerque, magistrate judges can be non-attorneys. So a layperson can be a judge okay. in magistrate mm -hmm. court, we'll say in, in Clovis or in Raton, where the population is very small. Mm -hmm. our, our law allows for, for laypersons to be appointed as a judge. And that's state law. That's correct. So we had judges on the panel or on the, the ad hoc committee that were not attorneys, but they're still judges. Mm -hmm. They have the same, the same power Powers. that an that an attorney judge does. Anyways, the committee was probably 20 of us, maybe 25 of us, on this committee, and it was chaired by uh, Leo Romero. He's a retired uh, professor at the UNM Law School, mm -hmm. and he answered directly to Chief Justice Charles Daniels. And Daniels was calling the shots. He set the agenda. Leo Romero was just the spokesman. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, you know, we would we would meet probably once every month, month and a half. We would meet at the uh, state bar, uh, like from one to five. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was very for me personally. It was very frustrating and very aggravating, and I got into many confrontations, uh, arguments with members of the committee. Well, those are saying, a lot of egos well, of in course, the room. You know, and of course, you know, and I said this is not going to work. I can tell you from firsthand experience, when the court is just passing out free bail bonds all over with no strings attached, mm -hmm. uh, because everybody quote is poor, this is not going to work. This sends the wrong message. And this, thank you so much, Gerald Madrid, for hanging out with me today for episode three. Um, we're going to get more a uh, little bit more in depth with um, some of the lawsuit situation in our next episode airing next week. So thank you so much, and uh, thank you all for listening. Hey everybody, thanks for writing with Off the Cuff ABQ Thursday radio series. Every Thursday we have a radio series where we dedicate time to talking about these very complicated issues that we as New Mexicans have. So if you're interested in making New Mexico a safer place, go over to mananamejor.com. Do it today, do it now, so that our children can have a safer New Mexico. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to join us tomorrow, Freestyle Friday. we got a great lineup offthecuffabq.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks for writing with me. God bless you, New Mexico. See you tomorrow.